to That Now podcast, the only podcast mad enough to embark on a musical journey through the rollercoaster of hits, misses and guilty pleasures of the That's Now, what I call music compilation albums. I'm Louis and joining me as always are our highly qualified resident audiophiles, Marita. Hello. And James. Hello. So let's turn on our Walkmans and find out if that is indeed now, that's what we call music. How are we both? Fantastic. Yeah. A little fact about your day go, Marita. Oh my God. On the spot. A fact about my day. (laughs) Yeah. It could be as boring or as interesting as you like. Oh my God. Can someone else go first? Yeah. James. James. Uh, I learned that you are more likely to die from a lift going up than going down. Apparently. That is a great fact. counterweights. That is a great fact. Read that. The counterweights. Yeah. So what's that mean? Something like the counterweights more likely to kill you than the actual drop. Like, I don't know. I barely read it. Definitely is that the kind wanted, of fact you're looking for, Louis? Well, I wanted anything. You know, icebreakers. You know, let's just, you know, feeling in the mode. Okay. But that's something I'll look up later because I don't understand it. I mean, I, I have often thought in a lift going down, if it was to fall, is that thing of where you hold the size so you don't up to the top. Right? Have you ever thought that? Yeah, I mean, what did you get at physics at GCSE? Uh, didn't do physics, did double science. Me so I wasn't either. a clever one to do the three. The fact that we did double science says it all. And not I think science. it is. Mal, did you do triple science? No, I did physics. Just physics. Even though I'm rubbish at maths. Just. Well, you did, you did physics, physics, chemistry. You didn't do chemistry in the other one? No, biology. Just straight up physics. I got B in it. B. Can you explain the lift phenomenon? R equals V over I. That's the only formula I can remember from physics. What does that mean? Sounds great. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> it sounded good, though. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a craftwork song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, my fact of the day is I didn't know you could cut your lip on a strepsil packet. Uh, I cut my lip open today on a strepsil. So careful, anyone who's got a sore throat out there. That's the kind um, of content they're coming for, though, Lou. That's what the, the real the real talk, what people are feeling, the word on the street, it's Strepsil Gate. Watch out. We're not going to get a sponsor from Strepsil anytime soon for that kind of antics. Anyway, back to business. Now it's about now. We're on the second CD, as I mentioned, or sorry, tape of the compilation, tape or vinyl, um, because there was just so much to pack in and it wasn't to do with someone forgetting there was a second CD. Um, but as we, I think I'm safe in saying, it's a whole different kettle of fish, this other side. Would you agree, you two? Yes. I wrote down the musical equivalent of an enema. But then I thought, actually, is an enema quite good because you get all the shit out? (laughs) Maybe it's the opposite. It's a musical equivalent of being constipated. I think the act of the enema is probably not enjoyable by most of the listening. But once you've gone through it, it's over. And actually, you feel quite cleansed. I know what those songs are. I never have to listen to them again. Or maybe I will, because I will come across them again in my life, and I've got that digestive tract of kajagoogoo going through me, and I need to get it out through the rectum. 
another, you know. Um, <laughs> and but boy, yeah, that's a massive relief. It's a big relief, eh? Yeah, I never want better? to listen to this CD ever again. Well, I, well, yes, I'm with you. Surely there's some outstanding sort of things that stand out here. Surely it's all bad. One song, one song for you. I think a couple for yeah. me, maybe a couple. Jim, no. Yeah, I mean, we'll I'm get struggling. there. Yeah, we'll get there. Let's dive in. Okay, let's start off with CD two, the start of CD two, with new edition Candy Girl. Marita, I'm going to throw it straight to you. Very reminiscent of Jackson Five. Exactly what I put. Doesn't really get going or there's nothing really going on. Yeah. None of the mesh, whatever is going on, doesn't hit. It's just noise and mm. not in a good way. Well, it sounds very like ABC, the chorus, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. It's exactly the same, really. Um, Jim? I, I wrote down abomination. Everyone involved <laughs> should be put in a rocket and fired into the sun. <laughs> Like, what are you doing? You've just ripped off one of the greatest like pop songs of the seventies or whatever. I mean, this this fella is not Michael Jackson, uh, and apparently that's what they were going for, right? Yeah. I mean, by ripping it off. Also, I found I read that Bobby Brown was actually in this. Yeah. Group, and he's a thoroughly unlikable man. Did he um, used to beat somebody up. Yes, oh no! Did he? Whitney Houston is married to Whitney Houston. Yeah. Really. Just in general, his his rap sheet looks quite long. Uh, it's got this Wikipedia is very long, full of incidents and drugs and alcohol and yeah, car related. Yeah, that's so much darker than what I put down. So I just went featuring Bobby Brown of two can play that game fame. Featuring Bobby I, Brown, I remember I, featuring Bobby Brown. I quite like that song. song so I, it's good. I'll just that redeems you know, him. the dark, and I'll just bring it up with the light. But I think that Trump yours does Trump. He's probably. Not Maybe the, the quality bloke. of this song is what set him off down this dark path. Mm. I mean, it talks it's that about... bad. <laughs> it's that bad. Um, that's Jim drinking from a wa- water from a glass. That looks. Is that water, Jim, or is that? It was what it wasn't vodka. No, okay. We're not at it's that stage. Particularly... Of the po- that's con- we're on podcast number four hundred and thirty-seven or whatever. Maybe it's <laughs> tasting success. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I. I th- you know, again, Louis likes to go behind the curtain because that's what the listeners want. You know, I think that something we decided at the start of this is to uh, maybe put an adjective towards the songs. And I didn't really do this last time, namely because I was being quite lazy. But this time I thought I'd have a go. And I've already, after this one, decided to maybe put a nail, uh, put a stop to it for me because I just wrote happy. I don't think that's. I think that's quite a nice description, but it's just basic. It's too basic, so I think I'll just stop. It's the best possible description you could have given. It's, I don't yeah. think it's be happy. You don't think it's very happy? No. I mean, it's. It, I mean, whether you like it or not, it's definitely a happy song. Come on, Is it? Uh, yeah, it's quite innocent. Candy girl, oh my god, you're so nice. Hello, you know that's what it's about, isn't it? Cheesy, cheesy, cheesy See, be the be- much better lexicon than I. Um, <laughs> If you're going to do a cover version, right, I think the best thing to do is maybe wait a bit before you do a cover version, right? And everybody else, people have forgotten about it. But literally, I think you could be like 16 years old and you'd remember ABC from when you were like 10. I don't know the dates, but 
Jackson Five is what, like late seventies? Is this no mid seventies? Isn't the cover though? Is it? Well, no, but it's you know it's pretty it's ripped off oh, right, uh, right. ABC, oh, yeah, right? Complete. So yeah, yeah, you'd have to be semi brain dead not to be like, hang on. Yeah. Would you Would you like me to read some of the lyrics from the song? Yeah. Candy girl, you are my world. You look so sweet. You're my special treat. Candy girl, all I want to say, when you're with me, you brighten up my day. Bob Dylan would be proud. (laughs) (laughs) It's to the point, isn't it? It's it's Casey and the Sunshine Band-esque from... uh, Maybe those lads did actually write those lyrics. (laughs) The kids... Yeah, I mean, it, may, it probably would, wouldn't it? It's kind of the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can we move on? We'll yeah. move on. I we'll hated this on. song so much. Which the one just gone? Yeah, this- and you know, last podcast I described myself as a positive person, but I've got no time for that. For Candy Girl. Yes. Yeah. Let's move on. Well done, everyone. Moving swiftly on to what I feel might be becoming the nemesis of this show um, is Kajigugu Big Apple. Uh, and we went, we're went. we going to go to Jim straight away for this. Well, I was going to describe Lamal as a friend of the podcast already. Our old friend. Our old friend, our old friend Lamal. <laughs> Good lad. Great hair. I mean, yeah. this song, I quite like the melody in the verse. Uh, it's very, like, to me, it sounds... Um, a bit unusual, but then the entire song is quite bad mm. in that it never goes anywhere. It keeps on building up to a chorus that never yes. comes. And yeah, like, where is Too Shy? I could kind of let it off because, okay, excellent chorus. You know, it, the, the verses are a bit not great, but then it gets this chorus, which is maybe one of the best choruses of the 80s for a pop song from Britain, from a band called Kajikugu. But yeah, I don't know. Just not a very good song. Didn't seem to go anywhere. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The only good thing was the verses sound reminded me a bit of Daytona, uh, the video game, Daytona Rally. No, was it Daytona? <laughs> do, you know, do you remember Daytona? The, I don't. Dreamcast, I don't. No. the main song from that. Which well, you know, interestingly, I didn't see the I didn't see the video for this, but I did. I sort of imagined a sort of open top Cadillac driving through nighttime Miami, but then I realised, of course, it's called Big Apple, so it's not going to be... It'll be New York, surely. So there's a car feeling to the song, which obviously wasn't intentional, but it's obviously there. Daytona for Jim, Open Top Cadillac for me. Ford Focus for you, Marita? (sighs) Nothing, nothing, nothing for me. Um, Never been to New York. And oh. that song is enough to put me off going. <laughs> I'm interested in how many how many playlists about New York. You know, this um, a friend of mine did a playlist about New York. You know, and all the big hits about you know Empire State of Mind and all this. Mm. I wonder how many of those New York playlists this song has made. But yeah, uh, F all, F F all, yeah. Um, I mean, I originally, initially, because we were talking about songs of this time, and I can't, what was the song you said? Was it Mike Oldfield that was like about John Lennon? And oh, yeah, I thought yeah. I thought this was another stab at talking about shooting John Lennon briefly, um, but of course it wasn't. Giving um, him too much credit there. I am, I am. And, and on that note, I'll just do a little bit of lyrics for you. 
And you tell me whether this is metaphor or literal. Um, See my face, you know where I've been. Walking in jungle, cruising down boulevard, part of the race, taking a tumble. Wow. So so we've we've rhymed tumble with jungle. Yeah. So is is taking a tumble during part of the race, in quotes, you know, just getting down on your luck or has someone just fallen over? Because tumble is such a sort of sweet word for fall. And I just well, don't what would see Lamal it. do? What, what, well, you've got to get into the Lamal mindset, right? We do. He's a superstar. I think he means something a bit more provocative with tumble. What do you mean? He's a naughty boy. What? What's the euphemism? Yeah. I mean, he's oh. in the Big Apple. He's a superstar. Imagine you can walk around saying, "I'm the lead singer of Kajagoogoo." Yeah, it opens doors. You probably met the president. But you know what, what I mean, does, I want I want to know more about what, what the euphemism for tumble, tumble is. Yeah, me too. You never heard that before. No, I think okay. you've got to explain it. The, the, the what, this is a euphemism for having relations. Isn't that a fumble? A fumble, surely, yeah. Tumbles, tumbles us. Uh, this, maybe this is a Yorkshire thing. I don't know. <laughs> it is. It sounds like a sort of accidental, like you fell into each other. <laughs> maybe, maybe. That Man, happens it, a lot. That happens well, a lot around our way, you know. Well, I hope that, um, hopefully that tumble I, was consensual. but um, Of course. This is Lamal we're talking about. I was just going to say, actually, I think we've talked about, I've looked up so much about Lamal that I've actually bookmarked his Wikipedia in my in my Chrome and it's constantly open now and I'm staring at the the janitor's mop of of hair. Mr. Lamar, yeah. And I and through the ages, really, that's the that's the lovely part. Anyway, we, we will get him on one day and um but just actually I did want to say something quickly about Lamar, which was as we've talked about him so much, we do we should, you know, what's the word? Um but for balance, we should do both sides and why he was fired and why maybe he's lamented the lament of Lamal and why it happens. Just for context, I wanted to know why was so quiz, why was he actually fired from Kajagoogoo? Do you know the answer? I do. I've got it right here. Do you not turn up on tour? Jim? Uh, I think he just wanted to go in a different musical direction. Oh God, that's actually He's... word for word, James. It was really boring, but that's what they say. <laughs> However, what I thought was what he describes as the betrayal, and I do agree with him here. He was sacked over the phone by their manager rather than the band members talking to him about it. So mm. I think he felt very betrayed, and I was obviously channeled that for the single that we talked about in the first CD, which was called... Anyone? It's that forgettable. Something. For, uh, Too anyway. shy, and then the second one. Oh, oh the oh, yeah, yeah. No, for real love. Or, I mean, it's so forgettable. We're not even going to look it up. The real thing. Only yeah. for love. Only for love. So he uh, he's only doing that for love, but the band are the betrayal. Anyway, Lamar. He's a bit like our Lord Jesus Christ, isn't he? Castigated <laughs> by his enemies, cast out into the wilderness. And then as a ferocious comeback. Ferocious. <laughs> All right, Lamal, that's enough for this on this week for you. For you, we'll leave you to it. Mm-hmm. 
Tina Turner, Let's Stay Together. Um, I'll take this one. Um, and I'll say, I didn't know this existed. I, I, it's really showing my knowledge, isn't it? I, I, I know the Al Green classic. I presume that's the original. Love that. And I loved this version. I loved it. I thought it was a belter. I think it's similar but different enough to make it her own. I think the, her vocals are just stunning on it because she's just got that powerful, strong female voice. I'd love to put a, a, like a, whatever they say, like a falsetto or a, a, I don't know any of those words, but I'd love to put one in there. Do you know those? Musical? You two? No, Jane? No, it's falsetto, the high one, and baritone's the low one. Soprano. Yeah. Oh, no. yep. Anyway, that's that's. I don't really have much else to say than I just I loved it, and it, it, with each listen, I love it more. I concur. It's great, great cover. Though in parts, it did sound a bit like music, you know, lift music. It's got that little keyboard wobbly, yeah, wobbly and precisely a bit of a trait of the eighties. I'm presuming where we j- we'll just stick that in, but do you know what? We'll just stick it in again right after it because you didn't have enough of it but it's our new sort of feel um, yes maybe music and lifts had only just come in <laughs> it's also a lift heavy this episode we've already talked about yeah. lifts yeah. lifts were invented in 1981 do you not know that <laughs> that is such shit <laughs> <laughs> everybody was mad about lifts in the 80s mate Otis Otis Name me any other lifts. Name me any other lifts, and I'll give you a tenner. Oh, Schindler. Because it always sounds interesting because it's Schindler's lifts. Schindler's yeah. lifts. My lift in my building is Schindler. Oh. Trusted brand, yeah. Um, I, I wrote that Tino could sing the label of diarrhea medicine and make it sound good. <laughs> but I'm not absolutely sure that like a classic like this needs updating. Because it's very, she's Tina-fied it, right? Mm. And Tina could Tina-fy everything, anything, and I'd probably enjoy it. I'm just not sure if this particular song needed Tina-fying. Um, but it has much. been and it works. Yeah, and I think it, it sort of does what you said there, With if I could speak better, meaning that because she's done it, it's as Mar- Marita said it, Marita said it. But the bar's so high from Al Green, then I'm a bit like, I don't really feel like I need it. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, no. We didn't need it, but Tina did it. That's the difference, I think. And I think I what s- I said yeah. is that was that Tina has... We talked about this actually in the last one. Covers either, if they're exactly the same, uh, a bit debatable, what's the point? If it's yeah. completely different, okay, I'm interested. Does it work? No. Go fuck yourself. If it works, love it, yeah? Now we've got one that's... In the middle, it's a little bit different, but it's not too much. We've thrown in a weird synthy keyboard that sounds like you're in a lift. We don't all like that, but Tina, you're there, you're smashing it. Now, not the song I know them for, The Human League with Fascination. Marita, do you want to take us away? I've written that it sounds like someone compiled three songs and made them into one bad one. 
I've also <laughs> I've also asked if anyone can hum the track because I don't know how many times I've listened to it, but it won't get stuck in my head. No. It just goes in one ear, out the other. Yeah. But I would like to give a shout out to the what are those things called the hoop the like hum through in football matches. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was present pretty near the start. I quite enjoyed that. That's the only positive thing I've got to say about it. I thought before 2010 was a pre-Vuvuzela era. Yeah. So if they're it's, using it's, Vuvuzelas in 1983, that's very cutting edge. Oh, I know what you mean. It is, I'm listening to it now. It's kind of like, um, it's, it's kazoo-esque, but like an electric kazoo, I think. Yeah. Or like one of those keyboard, a keytar, maybe like, you know, like that. Keytar. Maybe. Um, but I know what you mean. I mean, that's quite famous. I feel like I've heard that note rendition a little bit. Again, TV show. Here's a shot of the 80s. But like, I think in tr- I think the human league can get away with Don't You Want Me Baby because it's a great anthem. We all know it's a good, catchy song. But it is a bit naff, but we forgive it, I think. And what they've gone here is it's naff again, and it's sort of too naff, I think, because they've got that little bit of, I don't know, It's again, I think I've got a problem with this sort of talking, singing. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not slow enough to be spoken word. It's not no. fast enough to be a, so- a song. <laughs> it's many things ripping. at once, as you said. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jim, have you got any thoughts uh, on? Well, first of all, I'm stealing Electric Kazoo as a username, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, the Human League, they're from Sheffield, so it'd be very forward thinking of them to use a Vuvuzela. Um, I should be really repping them, but this track is just limp. It's just a just whole load of nothing. It mm. just doesn't go anywhere. Nothing, like you say, Mal, you can listen to it five times and nothing gets in your head. Yeah. So. Um, no, I didn't know there was from Sheffield. Thanks, that was a fun fact, James. I've got a rep, I've got a rep wherever possible. Uh, do you want a boring fact about their name? Yeah, yeah, we need some more, we need some more enthusiasm for that, please. This terrible, terrible album. Okay, uh, do do you want to have a guess? And you will again, 10 quid from me if you guess the board game that their name is from. I've never heard of it. No idea. No, no, no. Star Force Alpha Centauri. Uh, and the Human League arose in 24, hang on, 2415 AD and were a frontier-oriented society that desired more independence from Earth. Because, you know, Earth was getting a bit much, so they wanted to get out into the world, into the universe, apologies. Yeah. So, fair play. You it's forget a, a little bit that in 1983, there's literally nothing to do. <laughs> like, if you wanted anything, you had to get off your ass and go and get it. You had to go into town and buy a record. There's like, you could buy, maybe you could afford one record a, a month. You'd have to buy a magazine. you have to buy a book. We don't know how lucky we've got it. Imagine how freaking boring it would have been. Yeah. So they it's had to rubbish. think about getting off Earth. This is why they all voted for Thatcher. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah 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 
Exactly. Thatcher was there. They just wanted to get off Earth completely, let alone <laughs> vote in a new government. Political. Howard Jones. New song. The well-named new song. I could see Marita's face and I knew that face was going to happen as soon as I was going to mention this song. But I'm going to save your thoughts. We're going to go to James first. It feels like he got a synthesizer, he got a cog, and he's got one of those Roland keyboards. And he's just like, what can this do? And he's just... going and going and going and there's a moment i think it's about two minutes in or something where he just goes for it like uh and i think he's got some potential because i quite like the looping synth sound that starts Mm -hmm. off at the beginning and i was thinking to myself do you know why by carly simon that it's got this really repetitive electric groove like if he'd have done that and maybe just kept out all this like eccentric eccentric uh synth sounds and keyboard sounds it could have had a really good nice core track but it, it just felt like yeah uh, musical masturbation in some ways <laughs> and then I, I looked at the lyrics and it, it's like I, I, what did he say it's all about I think on the Wikipedia he talks about you know it's about breaking free of things and the lyrics are don't crack up bend your brain see both sides throw off your mental chains <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I, I even do. good bend your brain like really <laughs> And Mental I, I chains. The, I think that can't be sung too well. He's know. a bit of a hippie now. He's like, uh, maybe, I don't know, hippie maybe is the wrong word, but he's a Buddhist. Yeah. He's clearly into new age ideas. And it just doesn't do anything for me. It's a bit, yeah. Yeah, a bit naff. Yeah. I mean, it is naff, but I quite liked it. I think it's a bit like Louis liking Men Without Hats. It's that same sort of beat. It's a little bit pumpy. It's a little bit you know, Cynthia Louie, as we know. And if you've seen the video, it's it's kind of like textbook, let's stick it to the man. You know, like, I was working in a factory and I just went and got my dream. You know, I'm just going to go sort out my dream. And, and, you know, if you want to go get it, you can. You know, that kind of ridiculous thing that people say. And also, again, what did you say, James? Like, there was nothing going on in the 80s. You had to, you know, fight for your dreams, you know, the record store was closed. Shit. I'm going to write a song and I'm going to call it New Song and I'm going to bounce around and I'm going to love it. And um, I, I'm all here for that. The early start of that. Was that happening in the 70s? Probably. But we've got the 80s where they're all in factories putting down their pickle jars and saying, F this. Let's go into a school. The kids ripping up school books again, playing in the grass. Yeah. So do you know what, Howard Jones? I like it. Go for it, mate. Do you doff so your cap to him? I, that will be Louis' doth of the cap of the week. I'll <laughs> doth my cap to Howard Jones. Uh, and Sorry, that was quite ranty, but sometimes I feel, you know, I, maybe, and, you know, and do you know what? The public agreed. Number three in the UK charts. Entry. So the video worked on you then, Lou? A good moment where the video has actually done some justice for the song but i was i was into the song already i don't mind it it's not the best thing ever but i don't mind it i don't mind it. i don't mind it either the dum dee dum dum dee dum dee is is quite it's quite all right simple's yeah, not necessarily fine. bad yeah i didn't i didn't hate it hmm. didn't hate it <laughs> that'll be on the album yeah. i praise indeed <laughs> yeah yeah 
lovely. Also, Howard Jones looks like a more attractive version of somebody that I dated for a few weeks <laughs> at the start of the year. Which really is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Was it uh, their son? Was it their son? Maybe. No, didn't have the same surname. No. Okay. Changed it out of embarrassment from <laughs> yeah. that song. <laughs> oh, well, well done, Howard. I dust my cap, but I don't think any of us else do. You'd be 40. Please don't make me cry. Um, I'm going to throw it over to you, Marita, because I didn't really have much to say at all about it. All I've got to say that it's Steve Wright's Sunday love song, Fodder, and it's a little bit wet. A little bit wet. That was it. it. Even Wet Louie wasn't too interested. Jim? Well, I, I quite like the fact it's a track where it breathes, right? The space is not... It's not trying to rush to a chorus or anything. It's, like a, it's another cover version. And I know we talked about the other week about UP40 and cultural appropriation. And I, I'm just realizing to myself that nearly every single big hit of UP40 is a cover version. And in many ways, really? are they the acceptable face of reggae? And now I don't put this on the UB40 lads because I think they're really probably really nice fellas who just they're doing these covers out of love for the songs. But I, I won't be surprised if somebody at record companies like those UB40 lads were shifting were shifting records, um, you know, because they're mainly white guys from Birmingham. Yeah, it's a um, cool white face of reggae. Right. Exactly. And you look, so we've got Kingston Town cover, I Got You Babe cover. Red Red Wine cover the Swing Low Sweet Chariot song well, it's a hymn or whatever uh, I Can't Help But Falling In Love With You uh, I Can't Help Falling In Love the Elvis song which I think is a cover even then and uh, Many Rivers To Cross which you mentioned Louis cover um, and now this is a cover I mean fair they're play all, I can't believe they're a covers band really but yeah. in a sort of mock reggae pretty good cover ba- covers band really given the success they've had with those tracks but yeah don't know I think they're Not probably that. really nice guys, but yeah, no. I think it's a good track, but I don't know. Well, it's pretty average, pretty average fodder, really. But I did enjoy that, you know, so often on these really overproduced songs, there's not many songs that actually breathe and like take the time and have a slow groove. And, you know, I did like that, that aspect of the track. Okay. Mal, were you going to add anything? No, I was just going to say UB40 obviously haven't got an original bone in their body, have they? <laughs> no, they haven't got anything to say. I've got to say, except cover well. Um, the only thing I can add to it is I wrote one of my description words as backgroundy. So I'm not even using words anymore. Um, we can move on. Peebo Bryson and Roberta Flack. Tonight I celebrate my love. Um, I hadn't heard of this. I hadn't heard of them. Um, but in true Louis style, and at the, one of the few other descriptions I wrote was as wet as it gets, I think. <laughs> um, and that didn't even re- reach the wet man that is Louis. So I, I think, you know, I think it's typical. Uh, it's not a ballad, is it? Is it? I'd say it's a ballad, yeah. It's a ballad. I've written ballad. Oh, it's a ballad. It's a romantic ballad. Um, I think you're always going to be a little bit hesitant when you see a sort of romantic duet 
that's sort of a little bit ham. I don't know. It's always a bit like, oh, God, here we go. Um, but my main point about it was, and this is not their fault. This is in most love songs and most, I'm just talking about words in general. You know, the lyric is of, often said in it, when I make love to you. And I sort of thought of had more of a problem with that as a whole because you're sort of excluding someone from that. Because I, 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 making love just sounds horrible anyway. But like making love to you, it's like you're, the other person isn't involved. So why do we say that rather than with you? Do we say that? We don't really, do we? No. No. Have I consent. set my shop out? Consent. Again, and I think there's a lot of consent on this album. Um. A lot but of making love is better than bonking, for instance, isn't it? Or <laughs> that was the first draft. Down to no. it, or, tum- or or taking a tumble, as we found <laughs> out earlier. Take a tumble. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think tumble might make a comeback. So I think it's better than make love to you. Um, but yeah, that was my only thoughts on it. Forgettable rubbish. Yeah, I've written. Imagine someone putting this on. When you're getting down to it, <laughs> taking a tumble. <laughs> yeah, James, any? <laughs> I thought you, you could play this at your wedding. It could be the final song. It could be oh. you could consummate your marriage. This song. Would someone pay me for the whole cost of the wedding if I had to play that at the end? So I don't know. Maybe, maybe a right? listener yeah. can. Maybe a listener um, would offer that. Well, I, I'd got. I would say like I think it's interesting that. You know, you listen to songs maybe from the 50s that are very earnest, you know, like after the war where it's just Mm. like love and marriage and wife and family and everything. And you see it as like very naive and innocent. And this is kind of like the 80s equivalent of that in some way. And I do think his voice is really quite nice, actually, even if it's really over the top and cheesy. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's obviously interesting as a time capsule of a song. You know what I mean? That this 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 song would never get like these kind of songs just die out really yeah, within a few gone. years, right? Even when you go into the nineties, these songs start to just just don't exist anymore. Does anyone make that stuff now? No, nobody. Michael Bublé, it's a bit more swing, isn't Ooh, it? Yeah, Mickey Bubbles. Um, I just think it's so interesting these kind of the emotions that you feel in in the eighties songs that are mm. so different. In, in some ways. I, it's, I it's, know, there's, there's a sociological of, study there somehow, I think. The years of schmaltz. Schmaltz, and yeah. sort of romance. Well, the year of Muzak, the year of Schindler's Lifts. Um, all coming together as one, really, I think. I guess at the time you well, wouldn't have heard many songs like this, right? They're left in the lift. These songs yeah. are left in the lift, is what's happened. They came in and they were played and now they're still in the lift. So we can say that, consigned to the lift. Maybe it would be good to actually have somebody on who knows what they're talking about. Because <laughs> it would be good, like, in terms of, really? you know, these people are in a studio. You know, like, uh, Phil Collins was one of the first people to figure out this gated drum sound, you know, this, like, snap snare, snare sound that you hear throughout the 80s. Yeah. And, you know, imagine they're getting their hands on all these keyboards with all these new sounds, right? And mm-hmm. you can hear that a bit in this song that is just like, okay, I've got these very soft electronic keyboard mm. sounds that are Rose. creating an ambience and i imagine maybe that's this is part of the popularity of this kind of song is that at the time this is a new sound you know you didn't really hear this sound so much in the eight in the 70s mm. so much and 
yeah, I think I think we're going to see that a lot in the eighties, right? That you know, synths mm. are huge. Keyboard sounds like there's, there's a Roland keyboard in the in the in the Howard Jones song, and we're hearing you know we're going to hear more like hand claps and you know things like that. And um, I think there's something interesting in that, in a sense. So, so we need to do we need to give them a bit more kudos and a bit more respect for what we would determine as a schmaltzy piece of lift music when in fact they've actually were at the foreground of uh, I, don't know, I don't know work. about that but i guess like you you know that i did this playlist right where i did well i did one playlist which was five tracks from 1951 to 2022 i did another one was 20 from 1965 to 2022 and what was interesting was be like i don't know 1969 or 1970 you get first black sabbath songs and they're playing very like hip overdriven guitars mm. uh, or bb king in the 50s where he's like his guitar sounds very quite modern in that it's like overpowering and i i guess it's interesting to do that to understand that oh the songs change the instruments change the the influences change as as the as the music develops and studios get better and electronic music becomes more prevalent i, I think that's quite interesting yeah, I think you're right. I think, um, yeah, I think a little nod, not a doth of the cat, but a nod to <laughs> Louise Doth's uh, already Louis done. Louise Doth, I've already done my doth. So, but yeah, I think a nod to maybe what they've been. Marita, a shake of the head. We can't give it that justice. I think it's not that deep. I think yeah. I think you. I, I think you give them credit where credit is not due, James. Yeah, yeah, I'm not giving credit to this track in particular because I'm sure there's probably songs earlier that sound sounded a lot, lot like this, but it's like of an oeuvre, you know, that Got you. Uh, somebody first did this and they're like, oh, let's, let's do something like that. And I think it's for the time, maybe it was modern sounding, let's say. Yeah. And now I mean, we're all like, what the hell was that? Tracy Ullman, they don't know. Um, I'll take the start of this because I, the only thing I knew about the name Tracy Ullman is she is famous for making The Simpsons famous. Uh, the, the Tracy the Simpsons show, the Tracy Ullman show in America uh, first featured the first little snippets of sketches drawn by Matt Groening um, and that then turned into its full series. So that's the only thing I ever knew about her. I think she's actually a British comedian. I think that's right. And and she's got sketch shows on the BBC in the last 10 years. So something I would never expect from someone like that necessarily to have a single, let alone a sort of Ronettes, again, sort of Supremes-esque uh, ditty. Um, Thoughts, James? Um, I mean, fair play to Tracy Ullman. I mean, great career, right? To go from doing this kind of pop to being a comedian, being on British and American TV, and being pretty like a household name in many ways. Yeah. This is this is actually a cover of a Kirsty McCall song, uh, and I thought, okay, Kirsty McCall's good. I'll check out the original, but really, I, I don't feel there's much to this song. It feels very forgettable and pretty average to me. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, with you, James. Cool. Um, the bells at the start are all right, but <laughs> yeah. it feels a bit Christmassy. Is that yeah, Christmas, Christmas bells? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if it was released. Well, do all bells sound Christmassy? Mm. Yes, maybe. Is that just yeah. systemic bells that we all think. Well, uh, famously, E17 stay another the stay. 
they added bells at the end, right? Just to my get the Christmas number favorite. one or something. It's my favorite Christmas song. Oh my Just god, it's go. mine! Wow. Yes. Oh, is, mate, I love you. Oh, Every oh, time I tell someone that, they're like, "That can't be your favorite Christmas song." Are you kidding? Like, it's the it best. Is. As James said, they put bells on it. They all wear white parkas and. Uh, just, I've sung that at work, Christmas karaoke, and loved every minute of it. Have you got video? I wish. No, I don't. It was from many years ago when I couldn't grow a bumble fluff on me at all either, so I would have fitted right in. White Parker, sign me up. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, enough on that? Yeah. Will Powers, Kissing with Confidence. Marita, I'm going to get you to start us off. First off, title of the track, something everybody needs to do more often. Um, but the yeah. song in itself, is it's a bit like, you know, the Baz Luhrmann track about wearing sunscreen. Sunscreen. Remember yeah. to wear sunscreen. Yeah. Except less broad. Apart, yeah, apart from it doesn't impart great advice. Like it's well, just... does it not? <laughs> Go on. Well, I mean, let's get down to it. Well, I mean, I think this is the the biggest surprise of the album, probably the biggest surprise of anything we'll ever talk about on this podcast. This song was a revelation, not in terms of, not that I don't kiss with confidence, guys, but more just (laughs) as a... Okay, so let's break it down. There is absolutely no evidence to suggest this is from the government or some sort of instructional, like, crossing the road safely song. This is just a creation by Will Powers. But I'll tell you who else. Niall Rogers, Carly, Carly Simon, and Steve Winwood. Hiya, love. You know them? Yeah. I mean, so already we're talking this is a mad creation. Yeah, I was surprised alone, how bad it was based well, on those influences. Okay, I think we should draw a line under that it is bad, yeah, because it's the worst one there, isn't it? Yeah, I thought you, I thought you moving towards the fact you liked it. No? Well, we'll get there, mate. We'll get there, mate. But Sorry, the point is, no, no, not to interrupt, but it is bad, right? We can admit that. But yeah. obviously, let's just say Will for now. We don't know how much Niall, Carly, and Steve had some sway. There is a good message. That's what you said, Marita, right? Kissing with confidence. Yeah? I mean, you're speaking from experience, right? Is that what you said? <laughs> Is that what you said? Perhaps. <laughs> kissed before, have you? You've kissed before? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Okay, good. Um, but I think, look, whatever it is, we're talking 80s, we're talking consent, we're back to consent, and in the age of consent now where we're talking with Me Too, I think it's a really important record. Like, I mean, it's terrible. It's awful. The lyrics are woeful. But it's still quite a good message, no? Don't you think? In many ways, I didn't get that far to the actual message. I mean, I listened to it. Physically, I was there listening to it. But I was just so... It wasn't... Is it good advice? I I mean, it... It's like, how will I know we won't bang teeth or my overbite won't stop? Like, really? I mean, this is how denial, big Rogers? is the overbite? Come on. How big is the overbite? I mean, if you're inbred and you've got a big overbite, I mean, that's a problem, right? But <laughs> I did like the kind of like doo-wop element of it. Like, 
the chorus element of it. But that was that was literally about it. Um, that yeah, that's it. Rubbish. A comedy music. Apparently, it's a comedy music album, and often like comedy music yeah. is like the well, lowest always, form of comedy in some ways, right? It's always the worst. But I, I think it has to be classed as comedy because of what it's it's doing and what it's about. But I think you know it is good. Like kids, you know. But look, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna revert back. When was your when was your first kiss? Yeah. How worried are you about that? I know Marita it hasn't happened for you yet. It will happen one day, but you know you, you can look forward to it. <laughs> But what was it like? It was so nerve-wracking, yeah? And maybe mm. it hit us. No? Were you just confident, James? It just kind of happened. Uh, no, I don't bat. think I was. Bloody no, 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 no. Come on. You were kissing your hand in your bedroom till the ripe old age <laughs> of 26. Of <laughs> uh, 40. Yeah, 46. Uh, well, the thing is for me, right, so we'll go through some of the lyrics. You know, uh, you know, is your breath fresh? Classic. Do you have spinach on your teeth? Quite specific, I thought. I mean, what kids eating spin? What kids eating spinach broccoli, at lunchtime? Man. Yeah, you had a big broccoli earlier. So fair enough for now. So it's actually speaking to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Marie's got a date after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to it on the way, just feeling confident. You know, walking down the street. I'm going to kiss with confidence. I mean, well, you know, you've got to ask yourself, is your deodorant strong enough? I mean, maybe wear some. Links Africa. Links, exactly, yeah. Zulu. Um, but yeah, I think what hit the chord for me was, will your braces lock? Did you have braces? No. Braces right now. Oh, yeah, but you've got Invisalign. It's a bit different, isn't yeah. it? It's not like the the train tracks that were... Were there. I mean, I never had them, but I, my first kiss was with a girl who had braces and I cut my lip on her braces oh, no. as we kissed goodbye for her to get on the bus. And I... This was thought, last week. Yeah, Sophie. <laughs> we hadn't kissed. Seven-year relationship. Uh, hadn't kissed yet. Uh, hoped to see her elbow on the wedding day. So we um, can see why this resonates with you then, Louis, because yeah. this is really yeah. first-hand experience that it didn't go great. I just can't believe you lot are not like, more worried about your first kiss. Like, you know, it's bad, really. Like, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Um, I but mean, it, I was. I was terrified. Yeah, exactly. And I, think I don't think for, listening to this song would have helped me in any way. Says 30-something-old Marita, but 11-year-old Marita, would you know that for sure? No, but I can probably say that reading some kind of crap magazine which told me how to move my mouth <laughs> would have been more helpful. Well, I think what we can end talking about Will Powers' song about is my Louis Quickfire quiz of where have you snogged? And I'll take it from the lyrics of there. So you just put a, you got to do a big yes if you've done it. And these are, fr- these are taken from the lyrics. All right, you ready? I just went... Yes, from both of you, right? In the schoolyard. Okay. No. No. You haven't, you haven't, right? At the front door? Yes. Yes. The laundromat? No. No. The drugstore? No. No. Just picking up your piles medication. Uh, <laughs> at the car wash? No. No. Backyard? Yes. No. Oh, it says, you know, different people, different styles different you know? people different experiences yeah exactly 
Um, in the basement, a bit, bit worrying, I think. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Is it is it locked or is it <laughs> um, on the rooftop? That's always romantic. I think that's good. Um, in the, in the balcony, I didn't know you could be in one. Um, but yeah, I think that was a good mix. An array of places in which she could have snogged. Absolutely, mm. very American. And then sort of what's acceptable. That's that's also yeah. that's why I'd add. Anyway, I, I think it was, it was such a load of nonsense, that song, that I had to give it a, a bit of time. It sent you a bit and, mad, didn't it? Well, it has a bit. It triggered think, a traumatic memory and sent you a bit mad. Well, I didn't tell you that even after that, I'd uh, split my lip, or I'd cut my lip, I'd uh, sent her a text saying something like, oh, so nice to hang out or something. And... Um, I said, I said, but I, I managed to cut my lip, and I told her over text that I'd cut my lip on her oh, braces, no. which I was thinking was a stupid thing to do. Why would I tell her? Also, on that yeah. date, I walked down the stairs in Starbucks and spilt the hot, hot chocolate all over me in my school uniform. Oh, it was a good. No. Yeah, it got... sounds like she cursed you, really. It's not her fault. She was, she was you know, <laughs> I wasn't kissing with confidence, evidently. So not holding hot chocolate with confidence either. Massive it was walking down those oh. steep steps in in London. Anyway, can we're I just add, yeah. can I just add that Carly Simon is an uncredited lead singer on What does track. that mean then? So it's bollocks or Um no, it just means that she didn't want to have a name tied to it, surely. Yeah, she was like, that says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. she, I don't she think owes... Al Rogers is knocking this one out either when no, he's playing yeah. this. <laughs> Him and Sheik on tour. <laughs> we want kissing with confidence. Uh, Encore. Encore. On. On oh, all right. Moving on. Well done, Will. I won't doth my cap, but thank you. Thank you for those memes. Um, moving on to Genesis, that's all. James, you've been humming this all day. No, it's, it's a great track. It's probably one of the few. I mean, I think we get into the credible end of this album. Okay. And this is a really good song. I think it's interesting that apparently Phil Collins wanted to write a Beatles-esque song, and you could tell by the drum as well that apparently they, they were trying to emulate a Ringo-style, Ringo simple, rhythmic, but effective drum style. Is it the best? It's not the best Genesis song. But I think the problem is this is the kind of song that I don't really listen to out of anything mm. that in the 80s. But contrasted with the rest of this album, this is like, I don't know, one of the best songs ever written. This side, the, you mean? This, just the, this, album, this CD, this tape, sorry, is so mm. bad that this song is like a golden nugget in comparison I agree. to the rest. I, I it's a good it. song. I like the bridges especially. Um seem to come back to the bridges a lot. But um, no, great song. Good song. Yeah, it's catchy. Uh, like naff lyrics, but it didn't really matter. It was just quite, you know, kept you going. Money's wrong, but it's right. I mean, it's just so easy, isn't it? It writes itself. Yeah. Um, I don't know any Genesis, and that I, I'm in. Maybe it's my new favourite band. I don't know. I liked it. That would be Louis' shout for CD one. That's my go-to. What are we calling these things? My choice. My Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Hot, hot pick. pick. Louis' hot pick. Ask Louis' hot pick. Marita, um, I can I just say what I think you're going to say? Yeah. Is that you bloody hated it. Well done. <laughs> Tell us more. 
I said that I think the song is rubbish and even the drumming isn't very good in it. That's what Ringo always gets, isn't it? It's just basic drumming. Um, I can't work out if it's because I've seen this. Is it Phil Collins or is it Genesis? It's Phil Collins in Genesis. So it's after Peter Gabriel left Genesis and Phil went from drummer, just drummer, backing vocals to drummer, front of house. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's because I see either the word Genesis or the name Phil Collins written and I immediately put a big barrier up and I'm like, no. (laughs) Or if they are actually, in my head, just terrible. Um, I think it might be the latter, but who knows? Uh, nothing about the song made me feel any kind of way, which is surely what songs are supposed to do. Very so true. it's a big, big pass from me. Big, big pass. And I also wrote, mm. you're a big Phil Collins fan, aren't you, James? <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm a huge Phil Collins fan. I'm, I like about eight or nine of his songs. Okay. That's nine too many. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think James is right. I think it was the best of a of a bad bunch, and I think it was my favourite though. Um, I wrote head nodder next to it. Foot stamper, yeah. That bass drum. You know, it can just it just it can get you. But yeah, it's James's Hall of Fame for that CD. No. Whoa. Okay. I'm struggling. You're struggling. You've got to pick one. You've only got four left. I know. Um, all right, moving on. Hang on one uh, second. Ed, oh, someone should text me saying, look outside. Oh, God. What's oh, going God. To be sorry. It's Lamal. Stop saying things this about me. Yeah, definitely keep it in. Oi. Hang on. Sorry. Sorry. Have you checked your cauliflower in your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ed. You're right. Is this all staying in? Yes. Also, there were big I'm just recording my podcast. Yeah, says. exactly. Does what that does that prior knowledge? Do you think to the friend, or do you think? No, I think she's going to have to explain it. No. Yeah, I'm doing a podcast with these losers. Yeah. No, I've done it in about twenty minutes. Yeah, don't, don't worry, worry about it. No, it won't last long. No. Boring. Okay. Yeah. See you. Bye. Yeah. Hi, sorry. A pal. Pal. Or limal. Excellent. <laughs> Imagine if limal was outside. Yeah, oh my god. If we keep on at him about it, we probably will be soon knocking down the door. What was uh were you gonna say something, Marita, or is it that was what you were gonna oh, say? Oh no, I was actually gonna try and sneakily listen to um the track to see what you were banging on about it being semi catching, but it's fine. I think we've cooked I it. think it's a lost cause. Right. And we all want our dinner, so we've got food to go. <laughs> The Cure, Love Cats. Big one. Jim, do you want to go for it? Yeah, I think, you know, Robert Smith, I think I seem to remember that he said that he wrote a lot of these kind of poppier songs as a as a kind of, a, you know, rebuttal to people saying that The Cure were just dreary and depressing and stuff. Mm. And you could tell, you know, Robert Smith is such a good songwriter and he, mm. that he could do, he can do pop music really, really well. And he probably his heart isn't in it. And I, I read that he he's not actually a big fan of this song. Yeah. And to be honest, I do think it's one of the weaker Cure songs that is actually you know upbeat and poppy. I'd agree. 
especially for someone like Robert Smith, who apparently hasn't had children because he doesn't want to inflict existence on a child, which I think is very interesting. I read that Absolutely earlier. brilliant. <laughs> There's somebody who like that would write a song like this. I, I do think it's a good song. Uh, I mean, is it? Yeah, it's a yeah. Once again, a good song in contrast with the other songs on this album. I guess. Yeah, would I choose it as my? No, no. I think I'll wait for the Hall of Fame. But no, it's a good song. Good song. Don't really sure what it's about. Apparently, some kind of link to a novel, but it's a bit ambiguous. Charlotte sometimes is also a link to a song. They must be fond of reading the Cure. Charlotte sometimes. That's also a Cure song. Oh, sorry. Uh, No, no, it's your last name. That shows our musical knowledge. Off there, (laughs) we're in greats. Um, yeah, I, I think, look, I like The Cure, the little of what I know. I don't like this song. I think it's, I, I, I agree with you, James. I think, like, he's obviously a talent and I'm absolutely here for not being born because of existence and, yeah, talents as a songwriter. But, yeah, if we're just talking about this song, oh, God, I just bought a weird naff. Nah, I'm not naff. Annoying. Yeah. Phil Collins is naff. Yeah. Well, yeah, he is. But I think this song is naff. And I like like the dreary stuff. I like dreary stuff. I like the melancholic stuff. I like a forest. I like things like that. And, like, I'm impressed that he can write these other songs, but this is a big no for me. I'm going to have to no. disagree with you. I think it's Please. great. How do they make it sound like there were cats scrapping in an alley while simultaneously <laughs> jazz walking along a piano? Like it's it's incredible. I love it. Like uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, the lyrics are daft and they don't make any sense, but overall, it's a pretty upbeat, poppy, fun song which does not foray into naffness in in my book but when do you play it when do you play that oh it'll just be on a playlist and it'll it'll come up and you wouldn't press skip and you just wouldn't press skip <laughs> i think that's quite damning it's all right but you know i don't hate it i just wouldn't press skip so i think that's good. yeah 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 I, mean, I don't even it's not the best cure strong song by any stretch of the imagination but yeah, I mean it's like uh, iconic. Like it's, I haven't really heard much else like it. But I don't think I like it. I mean, cats screaming down an alley. It's not. I'm not going to be there for that. But yeah, that's a no. For it's the me. best song we've heard off this side of the album. St- strong, strong. Don't think I'd agree. Okay. It's the most original. Do you think we're going to come out of this podcast all friends? <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not friends who listen to the same music, yeah. which is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Simple Minds, Waterfront. Uh, I can start. I mean, it's something your dad, your stepdad would be really into and would hand you on a CD as a late Christmas present. Um, a Poor Man's U2 is the only thing I wrote. Yeah, it doesn't need to get any further than that. Wishy-washy is what I wrote. James' favourite. music. I thought it was quite good. I really liked the sonic 
power of it. And I know what you mean it's a bit U2-esque, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Simple Minds were around before U2, to be honest, or at least. Yeah, absolutely. I That's think Boy mind. was released in 79, and I don't think they were really had that U2 sound yet. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought it was just like sonically quite interesting. Like, I, re- I like that constant riff, the do-do-do-do-do. And uh, I like the, the guitar sounds. I think it's just the, the lyrics... That, you know, this it seems to be literally about going down to a waterfront, which doesn't interest me very much. <laughs> but um, yeah. no, I thought it was, musically, I, I quite liked it. But I, I, yeah, it's not a song that's going to take you to somewhere else, except maybe Glasgow. Don't know. <laughs> I always get them mixed up with Simply Red, who I think are quite different, right? Yeah, quite quite a bit different. <laughs> quite a bit different. Yeah, right. Yeah. Simply Red yeah. is Mick Hucknall. He's Ginger. And what are these? They're just James know better. They're from Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. And, and Mick Hucknall's from like round here, like Stratford or somewhere. Oh, yeah. And Mick Hucknall, Mick Hucknall has had sex with pretty much everybody in Manchester. Has he? <laughs> How? In the eighties. God. Uh, you know, so he, he came out and said that he's he's had sex with like ten thousand women or something. Oh, in his my dreams. God. <laughs> he's not. Reading he's reading Viz magazine around the time that came out, they did like a. Did your mum sleep with Mick Hucknall like diagram no. that you could do? Oh my did you, god! Did she visit Manchester? You know <laughs> during, what? Yeah. Maybe he's just kissing with confidence. Maybe that's how he's uh, got to his ten thousand women. Bum, that, bum, bum. Mick's got that's soul. Nice, to be fair to him, mm-hmm. I'm going to give oh. Mick credit because he wrote all holding back the years when he was like 14 or something, which is pretty impressive. Madness, the sun and the rain. Anyone, and I'm going to say anyone, and I'm going to say Marita. What are you going to say? What you got? Sounds very much like a madness track. Doesn't um, it? But doesn't sound like they've ever experienced sun before because the track was so drab. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I've heard. But I think Madness are one of those bands that once you've heard one Madness yeah. song, you've heard them all. Nailed it. Um, so there you go. That's that's my opinion on that track. I did, did yeah. I'm Jim. grateful to Madness because they allowed me to do my one of the best ever jokes I've ever made. <laughs> we were out. We'd been out in London. My friend was feeling a bit sick, and he went for a walk. And he saw Suggs from Madness. He came back and he said, "I've just seen Suggs." I said, "You better be careful. That's the first sign of Madness." <laughs> That's, now there is no is, other opportunity to do that joke ever, no. and it's one of those ones where people are laughing. It's not that funny, but it, they're, they're almost they're just like saying, "Well done, well done." Yeah, because yeah. it's more just quick. like it's, yeah. it's quick. I was, I, was, I was so proud of myself for the rest of the weekend. So, um, but this song, you know, they talk say about talking about the weather is boring. It's like singing about the weather is also a little bit boring. Yeah, and it feels very London to me. I was thinking about you, Louis having jelly deals and having a knees up in a pub with a piano. <laughs> you know, that's what you do down south. Yo, so, Joanna. you know, I don't know. It didn't really resonate with me. It's very A to B, you know, not not very interesting. About as interesting as talk about the rain, to be honest. Last but not least, bearing in mind James hasn't picked his Wall of Fame yet, we've got Culture Club with Victims, and I can only presume, James, it is your Hall of Fame choice. 
No, I think I'm going to have to revert back to Love Cats. Yeah. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. I don't know. I thought maybe Simple Minds, but you guys talked me out of it in some ways. You didn't. I trust your judgment in many ways. So. Oh, don't be swayed, Jim. This is about you here. I think because I think Waterfront, for me, I've heard Love Cats and that's all a million times. And I've never heard that Waterfront song. And I was, you know, after the drought of this album to hear that <laughs> and be like, oh, that sounds cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was a welcome relief. So I'll, I'll, I'll stick to Waterfront then. Nice. Um, you want to tell me about Culture Club Victims, Jim? I mean, I think last week we talked about does Boy George have a good voice? I think I think he does uh, on this track. Yeah. I don't really rate this track in any way. Um, I, this might be a very stupid thing to say, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say it anyway. It's like the music is trying to tell me that I should feel a certain way without making me feel that way. Which maybe is all bad music, but this one in particular because it's I so like emotive that. and it's yeah. like saying to you, "Oh, victims, we're all victims," mm-hmm. and my my heart's just like, "Leave me alone. I don't want to go with you on your trip." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I do think his voice is good, and actually made me see Boy George in a different light because I think I only really knew him from uh, "Do You Really Want to Hurt Me?" and "Kind of Chameleon." It's like, oh, actually, no, I can see why he became a bit of an icon. If he can, sit, he could sing this way at the time, and yeah, like you said, I think Louis last Louis last week dressing a bit differently and sounding like this, it is, yeah, it's interesting for the time, and there's nothing else to do. Absolutely, I, I like him. I like, yeah, I like what they're doing. I what you I was saying last week about wearing different clothes and being different. But yeah, this yeah, I think I think you've nailed that, James. Like this is music, and you're supposed to feel something. I'm like, well, not really. <laughs> not really very interested again i'm a bit of a sucker for like a big sort of gospel backing sort of like accentuated choral thing and he's mm. done that again like he did in karma chameleon and i like that but other than that um i'm not too fussed about it apparently it was about when the band fell out including boy george like walking out um briefly um in between takes of like recording music. So it's actually quite an interesting thing that the band have done, I guess, to write a song about a fallout that they've had. Yeah. I don't know. That's quite, that's quite cool. Um, that's the only other thing I'd say, Marita, MD. Oh, I've just said that we're the real victim for having to sit through it. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's been some great one-liners today from both of you. So that was side two of now one. Um, that was then, and this is now. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.